It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of the podcasting platforms out there so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. To participate in the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. But again, first, make sure to click the follow button there on Twitter at Julian Council. I'm not always going to do these where I do a, a recap of the training camp day. Like today's Thursday. I'm getting this one out there to y'all. Like I put out day one Thursday evening around six o'clock and I'm going to try or Wednesday evening around six o'clock. I'm going to try if I can during the week to have just recaps of the full show like I did yesterday. And then the days where I'm proud, I have another plan. Like I usually record the day before just to kind of take you guys behind what happens here. Like Thursday afternoon, I record weekly Friday mailbag. So I would not react to what happened day two at training camp if I didn't do this. But I felt like it was necessary for me to say a couple things that I wasn't going to get into, likely, um, when doing the weekly Friday mailbag. And I always appreciate doing that. And we might change the mailbag day, um, maybe to Wednesday once we get into the season. Just as Fridays probably makes more sense to just kind of do a comprehensive kind of breakdown of what's going to go on that Sunday afternoon and the opponent, all that kind of stuff. And Wednesdays last year were kind of like interviews and whatnot. So we'll figure out what the plan is going to be this season as I want to kind of mix some things up. But either way, throughout training camp, I'm going to try and have times where I can give you a 10, 12-minute breakdown of what happened that day, especially there's things I want to like get into like I do today. Like tomorrow on Friday, you're not going to get a training camp breakdown unless something bad happens, which we hope doesn't happen, or the signing or something like that might pop on Saturday, probably the same case. And then Sunday, that will be me recording Monday's episode. I'll probably put that out around six o'clock, both on the podcast feed and over on YouTube. So there's just kind of an update on like the content plan here as the Panthers are continue to ramp up to the 2022 season. And eventually they'll have some games here in the preseason. But um, the focus, as we know, is on the quarterback competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold on Wednesday. Baker Mayfield was with the twos, Sam was with the ones. We heard from both those guys. They talked about bouncing ideas off of each other, how they're excited about the competition, like they're not going to allow the competition to affect their friendship and the relationship that they had prior to the both of them coming here to Carolina, which is positive to hear. There was some good 
in some bad. Baker getting picked off yesterday. Sam probably should have been picked off, but wasn't. And Baker wanted some throws back. Sam, you know, just trying to get back into rhythm and things. And it was day one. And that's where I kind of want to start off here. I said this last year, and I'll say it again. When we were watching Sam Darnold last season, back in OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and especially this time of year in training camp, before the pads went on and when the pads went on, a lot of folks wanted to use every single pass as a referendum on whether Darnold was the guy or was not the guy. And as y'all know, I was never on board with Sam Darnold coming here, but I wasn't going to sit here and dissect every throw and every play in training camp to try and make my argument for why I was right. I was going to let the season play out. <coughs> Excuse me. It took until week seven, whenever it was, when he was benched against the Giants, for me to come out and be like, see, I told you, he was no good. I was going to wait as long as possible to give Sam Darnold a reasonable chance to prove me wrong or to prove y'all right. I was not going to sit here during training camp in July and freak out after every great throw and every bad throw and every so-so throw. I'm going to do the same thing for Baker Mayfield, someone who I believe in, who's going to be the starting quarterback and will help take this team to the playoffs this year. Baker, so far, it's been a mixed bag. Probably hasn't been great. It's also only the second time he's actually practiced with the Carolina Panthers, so I don't think that we should get too caught up in what's happened so far throughout the first two days of training camp. He took time with the first team today. was with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, CJ Saunders, a player who I talked about, I think could be able to find his way on the roster as a last wide receiver, especially if he can step into a special teams role as the punt returner. Maybe Andre Roberts fills that role. More likely he's going to be the kick returner. We'll see how it pans out. But Baker, in the first um, session of seven on seven, apparently on Thursday, went two for four. Had two near interceptions. Both passes should have been picked off by Dante Jackson, who we'll talk about a little bit more here later. There's miscommunication between him and Robbie on the back shoulder, and that just comes down to timing. Robbie was not there last weekend when we saw the video of all the Panthers' skill players, the tight ends, the wide receivers, and the running backs out at some park in Charlotte. And you're seeing how that now is delaying the continuity that Baker can have with him. And over time, They'll grow with that, and we'll see how it develops. Now, the next session, once they went to the red zone, Baker had three red zone touchdowns, two to DJ Moore, one to Rashard Higgins, and he already has that connection back with his time in Cleveland. That another session of, sec- of seven on seven where incomplete post route to DJ Moore, great coverage by C.J. Henderson, and that's good to hear that C.J. Henderson went out is kind of making some plays out there, and Dante's made plays, so I'll keep Taylor on Wednesday had the interception of Baker Mayfield, and that's important considering – the health of J.C. Horn, which might be a thing. Not quite sure just yet, but it, in a way, it feels like a thing. And C.J. Saunders playing really well in the slot. And then Baker back in the red zone again. Two touchdowns, one to D.J. and one to Rashard Higgins. And ended the session with a throw trying to get uh, Dante Jackson more broken up against Robbie Anderson. So Dante Jackson coming out and playing well. Matt Rule talked to the media afterwards and just talked about how it's day two, guys. Um, we're not making any decisions right now. We're going to continue to split reps 50-50. They would like to on Saturday when they have the back together. Saturday, the NFL is doing. It's going to be like 13 hours of coverage or whatever on NFL Network, but every team's going to be out there on the training camp practice field working out. It's going to be fans in Gibbs Stadium. Always a fun time of the year. If you're a Panthers fan, obviously you were listening to this show, so you're a Panthers fan, I would assume. But if you're someone who lives in the area and in Carolinas, certainly go out there, make your way. Take your family, take your friends, whoever, down to Spartanburg on Saturday to go take that in as apparently they want to get Sam out there with the ones, Baker out there with the ones, and even maybe PJ and, of course, Matt Corral with the ones. And I 
I didn't think it's reasonable to kind of be a little bit concerned so far at just the reps that Matt Corral is getting. I think so in the season, once this battle plays out, that will be more telling of how many two reps does he get? I mean, how many reps does he get with the second team? Because I don't see him getting them with the first time team really that much during training camp or once we get into the season, whenever this whole quarterback battle shakes out. So Matt Rule says they're going to continue with the plan. They want to mix things up as far as they might not do just one day where it's Baker with the ones and one day where it's Sam with the ones. They might try to mix things up. And his logic on Wednesday was that they wanted him to – they want, he wanted the quarterbacks to be with the same receivers for that entire day just so they could build that rapport. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to help things, especially when you look at Baker and Robbie apparently aren't on the same page after two days, which, again, only after two days. So nothing to really get all that freaked out about so far when it comes to the quarterback battle, but just want to give a quick update on that. Uh, let me get a quick ad read in here. Uh, Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all, you, all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including – Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf, the Live Tour. Uh, back again. To, I think, is it, is it today? Maybe it's tomorrow. Either way, uh, BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to, to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, one thing I didn't want to address outside of just telling people let's not freak out too early about what's going on with the quarterbacks. That's just a PSA I want to put out there for all the folks um, who are maybe concerned about Baker. Because I already saw, like, um, Chris McClain, Mac, over on WFNZ, I saw someone tweeting at him saying, like, hey, I told you that Sam is so much better than Baker Mayfield. It's like, guys, like, calm down. And they're both going to throw interceptions. If we've seen anything through the first four years of a career – we know they're both going to make mistakes. Baker's been able to mitigate those mistakes by throwing touchdowns while Sam hasn't done that. But either way, they both need to take care of the football, but just be prepared for a quarterback who's going to throw 10-plus interceptions this upcoming season. You don't love it, but you can live with it if that quarterback is at least moving the field, moving the ball down the field and putting the ball in the end zone. So we'll see how what happens with that. We were talking about what the Panthers might do with that Roster spot that opened up with Sean Melvin retiring on Wednesday. Would it be an edge rusher? Would it be a defensive tackle? Would it be a corner? I mean, it, namely, would it be Danny Shelton, who came in for a visit on Monday? Would it be Carlos Dunlap, who visited back during mandatory minicamp? And Scott Fitterer told us that they're still having ongoing conversations about that, just trying to figure out the details of the money. Well, Carlos Dunlap's not coming, y'all. He's going to Kansas City to play with the Chiefs. And uh, do you blame him? I mean, Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, that team that's what hosted the AFC title game four years in a row. I can see where a guy who's later on in his career, pretty long tooth, would want to go out there and play with Kansas City and try and chase a Super Bowl, even though they have a ton of receiver questions this year and not really something we're all that concerned about. But we'll see how, pan, how things pan out with the Chiefs. But Carlos Dunlap is off the board. One-year deal worth $8 million. I don't know if Carolina wouldn't wanted to give him that. They have the cap space to do it, so just didn't come to terms. I think it's more so he wanted to go to Kansas City than come to Carolina, a team that is trying to figure out whether it's Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, maybe even Matt Corral, but he's clearly not a part of this quarterback competition as of right now to see who's going to be the starting quarterback this year and where this franchise can go in a year where Matt Rule has to win or get out of town. 
So with Dunlap gone, that still leaves the one box I needed the Panthers to check this offseason unchecked. And that is you find a veteran edge rusher. And they have not done that. They have not really found a replacement for Hassan Reddick. Of course, Frankie Louvu, who we heard from on Wednesday, will be out there as the projected starter at that position. And he's expected to start. But will he give the same kind of production? Brian Burns spoke to the media on Thursday and was talking about how he's really taking some of these younger guys under his wing. And even Frankie, his second year here in Carolina. And Shaq Thompson has been someone who's really encouraged him to step into more of that leadership role with Shaq sidelined through the entirety of training camp with the hope that he'll be ready to go week one at Bank of America Stadium down there as I'm here in my home in, my home in Charlotte uh, when they play the Browns, which is a good thing to hear. That Brian Burns, Jeremy Chen, Dante Jackson, who also was making plays flying around, talking about the defensive mentality, and he's stepping up in that cornerback room. Like Those are guys that need to step up and be leaders in the absence of, of Shaq and, of course, with J.C. Horn right now on the pup list. So I don't know what they're going to do as far as defensive end. I have gotten questions um, for the mailbag, which I've not recorded yet, obviously, uh, about D. Ford, who was cut by the Chiefs, I believe, last night on Wednesday. Now, the only thing I'll say about D. Ford, though, is, as I have this written down, Three years in San Francisco. He had a five-year, $85 million deal. Remember, he cost the, this, this, uh, the 49ers' chance at the Super Bowl. Oh, no, it was not the 49ers. It was the, uh, the Chiefs a chance to go to the Super Bowl against New England a couple years ago because he jumped offside. That's what a lot of people remember him as. Once he got to San Francisco, didn't have much of an impact. Only played 378 regular season games. Only played, or snaps, excuse me. Only played 378 regular season snaps across 18 regular season games. Three years in San Francisco, 378 snaps, 18 games played. Injuries were a problem. Do you take a flyer on a guy like that? Sure, I guess. But if he's banged up, what's the point? And he clearly must not be healthy at this point in time. San Francisco's deciding this late in the game to be like, yeah, we're good. Because typically, this is something that would have happened pre-June 1st or right after June 1st, or at least a designation would have happened at some point in time. So I don't know how on board I am with uh, D4. And of course, I'll get into it more uh, once we get in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Friday's show of Locked on Panthers. So Dunlap off the board, D4, certainly a possibility. Matt Rule was even asked about, are they worried about their options dwindling? I think it was Ellis Williams who asked him that question. And he said it's more of a Scott thing to figure out. And I trust Scott. I'm sure a lot of y'all trust Scott Fitterer. I think he'll go out there and find somebody. He's already said that we're probably going to add somebody, defensive tackle or defensive end. Like, we want to add to that group. And it's easy. You just cut two guys who you don't see having a future here and then add two more in there. So Dunlap won't be that guy. Maybe he'll be D Ford. As far as the other position group that is of minor concern right now, I don't think the alarm bells should be rung so far, like I said to you all yesterday. But the Dante thing, man, it almost feels like a thing. Matt Rule came out this afternoon and talked about how they want to bring in some guys on Friday for a workout. And that will be corners, by the way. They're not, maybe they'll bring in defensive end, defensive tackle. But it sounded to me like they're going to bring in some corners with Rashawn Melvin having retired and with JC dealing with that foot. And again, I'm not a medical professional clearly because I'm doing this podcast talking about football. So if I was, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, I don't know. Just to me, for something that like to that that fracture to occur in September, and then ten months later here, or almost eleven months later here in July, to still be an issue. If I got my math right, yeah, to still be an issue, that's a little bit concerning. Like I'm not saying it's a thing just yet, 
but it kind of feels like a thing. And to help save themselves, and even with Melvin being gone, it made sense to bring in another corner just so you could bring in the depth. But again, looking at what Dante's doing, stepping up in the leadership role, who's delved injuries the last two years, but is someone who I think has really improved, especially since Matt Rule's come in here. And that's a disappointing thing about him not being healthy in 2020 or last season. He was playing really well. Yes, there was the game against Washington when he was not in a position that he should have been in because Stephon Gilmore wasn't ready to go and JC was out. But when he's been the number two corner, and that's only been expectation of him, he's excelled so far under Matt Rule. And it's disappointing we haven't gotten to see him play a full 16 and 17 game season the last two years. This year, absolutely need that out of Dante. And to see that he's bringing that leadership, he was named a captain last year, was voted upon by those men in the locker room. I'm excited to see what he can do this upcoming season, especially now that the Carolina Panthers have extended him for three years or four years, whatever it is. Um, that's good to hear. Good to see C.J. Henderson out there making plays. Same thing with Keith Taylor. That cornerback room is going to need those three guys, especially to come and be ready to go as we don't know what's going to go on J.C. Again, they say that they don't think it's a long-term thing. I think it's only kind of day-to-day. We'll see what happens. Pad go on on Monday. We'd love to see him out there. But right now, that's not going to happen. So corners will come in on Friday to work out, and I expect that they'll probably sign someone by the time the weekend starts uh, tomorrow afternoon. One other thing, Iki Aquanu, first time we heard from him was on Thursday, I guess today. And he was talking um, about how he's working out at both left tackle and left guard, challenging Brady Christensen. And apparently Michael Jordan didn't really get any offensive line talk, but he was apparently the first guy to go out there at left guard yesterday, which is interesting. And I think Brady Christensen was a left tackle. So well, we haven't really talked too much about Michael Jordan taking that spot. I still think that the best five is going to turn out to be Icky, Brady, Bradley, um, Austin Corbett, and, of course, Taylor Moten there at right tackle. But it's very clear that they think they have a lot of depth on the offensive line. And Cats are going to have to go out there and earn jobs this year. It's not We know that Moten's going to have his job. Austin Corbett, they didn't bring him in here not to start. But everybody else, Bradley Bozeman, who's not getting paid a ton, Pat Elfline, Cam Irving, Icky Iquanu, Brady Christensen, Michael Jordan, Dennis Daly, uh, Deontay Brown, Cade Mays, those guys. I think seven or eight of them, however, how many, many, however many I just named, all those dudes are fighting to be the other three starters on the offensive line. There's been such a lack of competition here over the last couple of years, and that absolutely needed to change. And I'm glad to see that Scott Bitterer has gone out there and has rebuilt that group and added a bunch of guys who are going to who have experience starting and guys who are ready to go and trying to take a spot. So happy to see that. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And check us out over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts and all the podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, and subscribe there. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. Participate either at me at Julian Council or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Until Friday, take care, be safe. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all then. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.